Hoppy and Lee on Listener. It's breakfast whenever you want it. We are going to have breakfast right about now, Poppy. Yep, right now. Oh, and actually, I'm we're hungry. Going to have breakfast with you, and okay. that's because you haven't had breakfast yet. I have. I've had half a bunch of grapes and some crackers and hummus. Mmm. Yeah, it's just fulfilling and nourishing. Mmm. I had two slices of toast. Yeah. With Vegemite. Yeah. See, mine sounds great. better. Delicious. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going away in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be on the beach, so it's going to be. Big time, big time. <laughs> um, got a bit happening today as well. Uh, we get, King of Pigs is a new play. It's coming to the Civic Theatre. We're going to catch up with Steve Rogers, who's the writer of that, about the important themes that it addresses. Yeah, I think it is a really, really important one, particularly um, in regional Australia, very much so. Yeah. Um, also, Lee, Japanese encephalitis has been in the news Um I don't know about you, but I've just seen a lot of mozzies on my TV and it gives me anxiety because um, mozzies, I, I am the mosquito bait. You, um, you've just about been bitten while watching them on TV, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I went outside to hang my washing out the other day and, like, I was out there. It wasn't a big load of washing. I was out there for probably no more than five minutes, maybe between three and five, like, not long yeah. at all. It's not like I sat outside. Um, and I came back inside with 17 mosquito bites. Far out. Yes, yeah. 17. Before we get to that, it is a big like a big time with uh, live music back at the Civic Theatre and back in Wagga and around the Riverina. And very, very special, very accomplished Australian. Archie Roach is going to be touring here. Yeah, that's right. And Archie, this is obviously a really special tour for you. It is sitting alongside your memoir. Tell us a little bit about the Tell Me Why tour and what we can expect. Tell me why it's just, uh, it's an accompanying album to to the memoir. It's got the same name. Tell me why. Yeah, most of a lot of the uh, older songs and that, but they've been reworked and reinterpreted uh, through um, through the arrangers, uh, the arranger Paul Golovsky, and just a three piece um, band: guitarist Steve Magnuson, double bass player Sam Manning, and uh, Dave Beck. Yeah, so uh, with some guest appearances by. Amazon and then uh, a lady by the name of Sally Dasty doing singing with us as well. So, but um, yeah, but yeah, the show will be just just us going uh, doing those arrangements and those new arrangements of uh, all the songs. What's it been like, I guess, going back and rearranging some of those songs and reliving some of that? I mean, great. You know, you realise I know. I think was the interesting, interesting is that you know, you I found that you know through the years as, as I have grown. And matured uh, as, as a person, you know, uh, mentally and, and, and spiritually. Your you, you songs, too, even though know, you haven't sung them for a while, mm-hmm. but they've also they've also matured. And uh, I have a better. I think I have a better handle on the songs and the, and the, uh, a better understanding of the songs and how to interpret them. Yeah. Obviously, putting together a memoir is a heck of a process, and it's not often that you get the chance to sit back and reflect on your life, and particularly for someone like you who's lived such a life. How was that process of putting it all together and that reflection? Oh, look, it was interesting. You know, not just you know, in my early years as, as, as a kid, and you know some of the problems that I faced, you know, uh, you know um, finding my way back, so to speak, back to to, to family. And, Community. No, I know it was it was interesting to. It's different than writing a song. When you when you've got a song, you, yeah, you writing a song. You've got instruments and a and a melody and a rhythm to buffer whatever it is you you're talking about. 
uh, whatever it is you're doing with in their song, but when you're doing it just in prose, and writing on a blank page, it's a, you don't have that buffer. So some some things are a bit confronting, but you've got through it. Though. It's got to be great to see live music back as well, and in the theatres, great Southern Nights, of course, getting around. You're enjoying, no doubt, being back on tour. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you know, like we're hanging out really. You know, you're, you're sitting back and you know, with COVID and thinking. You know, each day sort of goes to the next thing. Gosh, you know, I need to go out and, and, and even just, you know, maybe go up to the town there where I'm close to it and start busking in the street just to, just to get that feeling back again with a, with a live audience. But, but yeah, that, that's how it felt. But so it's going to be good to get back into it. Absolutely. Talking to Archie Roach, he's going to be in Wagga with his Tell Me Why tour on April 10 at the Wagga Wagga Civic Theatre. Obviously, you touch on COVID then and two years ago, right before, I guess, COVID was really um, affecting the live music scene in a big way, you were planning to celebrate 30 years of Charcoal Lane, which is your first album. Obviously, two years on from that, it's now 32 years old, but still celebrating it. How has it been, I guess, looking back at some of those tracks and I guess still being making music 32 years later now? It's just um, the songs have, I don't know, I, I understand the songs and know the songs. You know, the songs, they were just, when we recorded them, you know, they were just, you know, hardly, the ink was hardly dry on the paper that we wrote those songs on, you know. Mm. They were quite fresh and, uh, but now, you know, given time to, through time, and, and they, they matured, it's great to go back and, and sing those old tunes again and uh, uh, reinterpret them, yeah. And on top of music, you're also very, very busy with the Archie Roach Foundation. For people who don't know about what that foundation provides, can you give us a bit of an insight into that? Well, yeah, the foundation uh, hopefully you know, can can walk alongside you know up and coming artists, other you know, musicians, but not 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 just musicians, but uh, whoever you know uh, putting on a show or production. Uh, we we helped out um, a lady called Jessie Lloyd with a with a project called the Mission Songs Project, and uh, the, the foundation has a lot to do with backing her at first. So so it's just that you know yeah, it's just I don't know giving some support wherever we can to uh, up and coming uh, musicians, uh, producers, yeah, or anything to do with uh, the uh, the music, uh, so-called music uh, industry. Well, we are very much looking forward to seeing you in town Sunday, April 10. Civictheatre.com.au, that's where you need to go to grab your tickets to see Archie Roach. And Archie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. A pleasure to catch up. Archie Roach there, you'll see him at the Civic Theatre again, civictheatre.com.au to grab your tickets. Lee, something that has been on the news for the last, oh, I want to say, couple of weeks um, and something that I certainly didn't have on my 2022 bingo card was uh, mosquitoes with potentially carrying a deadly virus. That virus um, has been sort of in the news a lot yeah. and it is called Japanese encephalitis. Uh, to talk to us all about it from Charles Sturt University School of Rural Medicine, Dr. Jake Williams joins us. Jake, can you tell us what is Japanese encephalitis? Sure. So Japanese encephalitis virus is not a new virus. It's um, one that exists in other countries in the world, predominantly Asia, and causes you know about 100,000 people every year to get infected. It's a mosquito-borne virus, similar 
uh, to dengue virus. And um, uh, the way it spreads is humans are bitten by infected mosquitoes and they get sick. It's not humans that spread it person to person. You can't get it from any other means than a mosquito bite. Um, and for most people, it doesn't cause a problem. But there are a small number of people, you know, well under 1%, who get very sick. And that's what's caused some of the concern. Obviously, a lot of mozzies around at the moment. What's the advice in terms of just prevention? Because as I said, it is something that's been in and around the news a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, you know, prime mosquito conditions across the state. You know, we've got lots and lots of water. It's been raining for weeks and weeks and mosquitoes love still water. And that's, you know, we're seeing their populations rise in response to that. What people can do to stop themselves being exposed to mosquitoes and, and getting bitten is just simple things. Things like wearing long sleeve shirts when you go outside, using insect repellent. And, you know, if you happen to have um, a big backyard or a property, making sure that all the sources of steel or brackish water are are emptied out, you know, old bins or, or tyres on the property. Giving mosquitoes nowhere to breed and reproduce means there's less around for you. Where do the mozzies get it from? So mosquitoes um, typically get it from pigs or water birds. And so these are the, this is the natural life cycle of Japanese encephalitis virus. Pigs are a major source. So we're seeing a number of piggeries in New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia have pigs infected with JEV. And the mosquitoes bite the pigs, they pick up the virus, they take it to another pig, they bite that pig, that pig gets the virus. And you see this multiplication outwards from there. What are the signs and symptoms? Like what, what should we be looking out for if you are worried about it? Yeah, so look, most people who get Japanese encephalitis virus will get almost no symptoms. So a very mild illness of headache, um, and fever, and it goes away on its own, and then you've got lifelong immunity. But there's a very small section of people, well, about one in 250, who will get a more severe picture of illness, and they'll get uh, encephalitis or, or brain inflammation. And those people will present with a, a more severe picture of he- uh, severe headache, um, uh, loss of, you know, or l- lowered level of consciousness, um, tremor, difficulty moving, or change in behaviour. And if those things come with fever, certainly you should be concerned and seek medical attention. So a straight to emergency for any of any symptoms that sort of um, are on the more severe side? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fever on its own can be any viral illness. Of course, there's another virus around <laughs> that makes everybody concerned. But, but um, if it ever comes, if you're ever worried about someone who's, you know, got a high temperature and might be a little bit more drowsy or, or might have difficulty moving or might have had a seizure or a collapse at home, definitely take them to emergency for assessment. So just just from, I guess, from a um, New South Wales health position and from a infectious diseases position where you are at the moment, what is the take-home message for people in and around New South Wales who might be seeing lots of this on the news and might be a little bit stressed? Yeah, look, the take-home message really is one of uh, be aware but but not alarmed. I mean, there's uh, overnight we've had a six-person confirmed to be infected with JV across the state and you know the numbers overall are low and really it's a matter of taking simple steps like avoiding mosquito bites you know avoiding areas where you're likely to get bitten by mosquitoes using repellent all those simple things will lower your risk of getting bites which are inconvenient on their own but certainly lower your risk of getting infected with JV and this is something that we just have to work into what we do day to day for a few weeks until we get a better picture of what's happening but I'd say there's no reason to be overly alarmed. Hang out with someone who gets bitten more than you do. Hello, me again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dr. Jake Williams from Charleston University, uh, uh, an infectious diseases expert, talking to us about Japanese encephalitis. Thank you so much for your time this morning and for giving us all the details that we need.
Oh, no worries. It's been a pleasure. Just something to be aware of, I think, in the next, I don't know, next couple of weeks. Just be a little bit wary of mozzies. Although, in my case, I am always wary of mozzies because there seems to be a swarm of them following me around 24 if 7. If, if all else fails, remember the great Akon song, Smack That, All About Killing Mosquitoes. I believe that is what that song was about. Akon has always been uh, at Anti-Mozzie. the anti-mozzie. Well, he's been always been at the forefront of Japanese encephalitis awareness. Yeah, and malaria before that as well. Yeah, no, yeah. he's he's always been involved in in humanitarian causes. Akon. Yeah, it's um, good for him. He also sang that song "Lonely" because yeah. he was away from everyone because of the fear his fear of mosquitoes. Yeah. Um, little known fact about Akon: little afraid known, of that's, mosquitoes. That's what you come here for. Yeah, the little known facts. Don't ever fact check that with Akon. No, no, no. no. Hey, Poppy, uh, we spoke already about Civic Theatre, but this uh, this week at the Civic Theatre, there is a great play that is going to be put on. Yeah, and the play is, I guess, it addresses some, I suppose, some pretty serious themes um, and something that we've talked about a little bit um, here. Um, and can be quite tricky. And we're speaking with the writer of King of Pigs, the play coming to the Riverina on Thursday, Steve Rogers. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about the play King of Pigs? Yeah, it's. Uh, I wrote it back in. We well, started to write it back in about 2015, uh, and it was a response to the kind of growing uh, statistics that I was seeing in my news feeds about domestic violence, really, or family violence. And I thought that it might be time to kind of unpack a lot of the male behaviour that I was seeing around uh, in my community in inner city Sydney. But also, then I realised that the problem was systemic; that it was everywhere. Um, so, not a fun subject. Um, I've got. Two daughters and a son, and um, I'm a footy coach at the local footy club, Newtown Swans, and I just felt like I was in a position of someone who was um, an actor and a writer. In some ways, it's an excavation of just everyday life. It's in all our homes, and uh, it sounds like such a heavy subject, but really, I just decided to kind of take four different relationships between women and men and look at them. So one of them's a a family with a couple of kids. One of them's on a date for the first time on the Gold Coast. One of them meets at a footy game. And it starts really well for all of them, that beautiful romantic phase in any relationship where everyone's hot for each other. And then each, each relationship then kind of moves into a different scenario where the controlling behaviour of the male forces the relationship into not a great territory. Obviously, domestic violence and family violence is a really difficult topic to cover. How have you, I suppose, found the balance between making sure that you portray that in, I guess, a respectful way, but also being able to get that message across to audiences? If you were to see the play, you would know these people. I feel like, and and I'm not trying to point the finger, I, I guess, you know, there was a lot of reaction um, within my own theatre community of why a man would write this play. And, um, in fact, I felt like it was a problem for men to solve. It was particularly what I was seeing statistically. Like, you know, family violence is very complex and nuanced. It's not just to do with gender. But, of course, entrenched gender stereotypes feed into it. And I just felt that, I guess what I'm saying is it's not going, oh, look at those bad guys. I was saying we're all a part of this. It's on so many levels and... Um, our boys are taught very early um, that in some ways that they're they're other than women and that they're not human beings first. And in some ways it's about tapping into the idea that, you know, even everything that's going on in the world at the moment, there's still this kind of idea that you can solve problems through force and violence. And um, it was kind of a reaction towards that. Now, the show's on Thursday from 7.30. You can grab your tickets, civictheatre.com.au. Chatting with writer of King of Pigs, Steve Rogers, this morning. Uh, Steve, 
you mentioned in there you started writing in 2015. How long does it take to get one of these shows from the idea <laughs> through to a stage? Yeah, too long. Um, <laughs> way too long. But, you know, interestingly, I thought they talk about zeitgeist or when a play is kind of, it's where in the window where it should be seen. You know, the issues only got more and more apparent. as the, So it hasn't gone away is what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it is a delicate balance because you write it yourself and then it's a collaborative process. Then you kind of get the actors involved. I've had some incredible support with directors, Anne-Louise Sarks, who's now running the Melbourne Theatre Company, a whole lot of fantastic actors and actresses. The current production is being uh, directed by a woman called Blazy Best, and she's amazing. She's an actor as well. Um, and the, it's a totally new cast from the original production in Sydney. And apparently from all reports I've Heard. I've been overseas in the UAE in Dubai working on the World Expo, so I haven't had a chance to see it. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to see it this week for the first time, and I'm really excited. You talk about, I guess, how do you sell a, a play that's about family violence. This one is being put together with a Q&A session with members of the cast and also some representatives from the Women's Health Centre. How important, yeah. I guess, is that side of what you're doing here, not just putting on a play and saying, yeah, go home and think about it, but putting on a play and giving people an opportunity to then engage with the content? Yeah, well, I think that's its most important aspect. When I was researching the play... I grew up in Launceston, Tasmania, and all around me, I, you know, and also with extended family, there were issues that I saw as a young kid, and I, I saw violence as a kid. But when I was doing the research for the play in Sydney, I came into contact with a group called the Women and Girls Emergency Centre in Redfern, and they're a non-government, um, you know, not-for-profit organisation that basically are housing, I think, up to 180 women and children a night who are fleeing um, situations where they're, they're in danger of becoming homeless because of family violence. And through that kind of community engagement, I realised that that's really what the play was about. So I'm really um, chuffed to hear that the, the Women's Centre out there are involved in that conversation because I also think it's a, it's a broad conversation. Like, if you get the police involved, if you get football clubs involved, you know, it, it's a societal problem. You can't just point finger at people and say, you're the bad person here. It really is about getting the issue out and talking about it so that we circumvent it so that it doesn't happen. And, you know, there's a whole lot of issues around alcohol and poverty. And But what the, my research really has shown me is that it's not any one group. It's every group. Um, it affects every postcode. It affects every socioeconomic group. It's just people, you know, the complexity of people. And I really wish I could get down now that I've heard that that Q&A is on because I think that community engagement is the most important aspect. It's happening on Thursday night, 7.30. It gets underway. Civictheatre.com.au again to get tickets. Uh, King of Pigs, the name of the play, and Steve Rogers, the writer. Thank you so much for joining us today and all the best with it. Hope it's a roaring success. I really appreciate it, Poppy and Lee. Thanks so much for you know helping it get out there. No, an absolute pleasure. And uh, as you say, a very important issue mm. to be talking about. Uh, that about wraps it up for us today. Yeah, we will be back tomorrow with footy tipping because the footy is about to start. Uh, we are about to get into the AFL men's. Yes, yes, the dogs, the demons, toe-to-toe. I but- reckon, just got to say... I reckon it's been a long time coming that a grand final rematch kicks off a season. Yeah, don't mind it. I'm pretty pleased it wasn't the case when Giants Richmond played that grand final. Like, I wouldn't have liked to have faced Richmond round one again after. I just feel feel like... I think it's it sits in the right place. Like I get I get the history of the Carlton and Richmond. Like, and I love the history of that. But they're still playing each other in round one. It's it was boring watching Carlton lose to Richmond like forty two seasons in a row. What do you reckon the AFL will do if it's two non Vic teams 
playing in the uh, grand final? Will they still do the rematch, wanting to have the first game at the MCG? Tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it's a, like a GWS versus Port Adelaide uh, grand final at the end of this year. Fremantle West Coast grand final. Yeah, yeah. What and are they going to do? They can't shift them to the MCG. I think uh, of the of the two, I think actually Fremantle's probably more likely this year. Yeah. Well, you see Tim Kelly's out? Yeah. COVID. Nick Nadanui. COVID. Far Liam out. Ryan. COVID. This is going to be a, like a roller coaster of a year. Good luck for those of you who are doing footy coach or any yes, super coach yeah, or any of those luck. ones. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and the other thing, uh, good luck to those players who have been put on a uh, emergency supplementary list. You're going to get a gig. Yeah, you certainly are. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Beck Miller joining us tomorrow from the Richmond Tigers Footy's AFLW back. side. Footy, 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 footy. And we will catch up with you six to nine triple M Riverina, all right here on Listener. See ya. Poppy and Lee. Weekdays from six on the Riverina's Triple M. And whenever you want them on Listener.